brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Law & Order Special Viewing Unit, the show where we view, review, and lovingly ridicule every episode of Law & Order Special Victims Unit in order from the beginning. I am your host, Matt Reuter, joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Mr. Aviv Rubenstein. How are you doing, Aviv? How are you doing, Matt? I am doing pretty good, Aviv. This was uh, this was a a hell of an episode that I am. Yeah, this was a hell I of an just, episode indeed. Yeah, I just finished watching it, and I am this. Oh boy, like this this was this was this episode is either going to be really great or really terrible because it this episode of the show and we you were mean viewing our episode. Yeah, yeah, our episode because the the sh- the ep- this episode was so good. I just found myself. Just sitting there watching the show. Like normally, I'm I'm taking notes relatively diligently. This time, I, it was just so good. I was just I was I was enthralled. See, I was watching Star Wars on mute and just listening to the episode. So I was, was relying the, on you too. What was that? Uh, what was that crossover like? Aviv? Was that? Is it kind yeah, of like? Yeah, it's how, weird. It's like uh, it's like Dark Side of the Moon and Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Is it like Dark Side of the Moon and Wizard of Oz? Aviv. Turns out Luke is a rapist. Did you see the director's cut? Like what? Yeah. No, no, that's subtext. That was that was Lucas's secret secret cut of the film. You see, uh in, in the special, <laughs> special, special edition, uh Luke's gonna have non consensual sex with uh with some, with some sort of a CGI created creature. <laughs> it's just gonna be distracting off in the side too. It's oh, just Jesus. Ugh, this, uh, who fucking? But thankfully, we're, we don't have that to worry about uh, for this episode of Special Viewing. How was your week, though, Aviv? It, we, was, uh, it was. It was good. Uh, I so I've been. Uh, I think I mentioned last week working with a, a group of students from Nigeria. Yes. So that was like pretty, uh, pretty cool. That's like they're they're dope. They're really funny dudes. Um, and so we did that and. Uh, I missed the screening of their film because for the college that I at which I work, um, they do a trailer project for an acting cl- class every year. So six different staff members 
are given different like genres of film and uh each of them has to produce a trailer for a film that doesn't exist uh using like genre conventions and using four kids from the acting class and so mine was science fiction and i got to shoot it um on friday we're recording this on sunday so i I shot it two days ago and i'm still tired because we shot for like 13 hours in five different locations it was pretty dope it was really really cool but we, I just essentially stole shots and moments from all of my favorite sci-fi movies and like cobbled them together in like a really loose story. So uh, okay, yeah, this, it'll this be, sounds like this could be good. It'll it'll be fun to to spot to see if you can spot all the references. Um, yeah, is it just, is it just, is it just like trope central basically? Um, it's more than tropes. It's like thievery. It's like so. Oh, I'll, okay. I'll let you know the very very first shot is lifted word for word and like camera move for camera move from the opening shot of the trailer of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So it's a shot for shot remake of the trailer of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. At least that just, section. Just that first shot. Just that yeah, first shot. Just that, <laughs> just that section. And so we sort of go to other famous sci-fi movies and horror movies from there. Um, that's awesome that sounds that sounds like that was a lot of fun it was so much fun and uh and so i'm still like we had so we had uh you know how this is like we're already fucking on a tangent so you know how uh yep we sure are this it wouldn't be an episode of special viewing unit if if we didn't just immediately derail (laughs) within the first three minutes of talking you know how you get those like light beams to to appear on camera is like with this thing called fog in a can and it's just like um no but sure okay yeah i mean so you need something floating in the air to like catch the light right yeah, yeah, yeah and so the product that you get is called fog in a can and so we used a lot of it and i got to yell more fog <laughs> just over and over and over again i was hoping uh, you were gonna say bone saw sound effect because that would no <laughs> that would be awesome no bone more saw fog sound more and I also, less fog less fog <laughs> i also got to play the creature the the alien creature um, really? In one of the shots, yeah. All right, I I want to I want to see this. I, I'm I wanna, so excited about it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see this. So uh, I'm assuming uh, in the coming weeks we will give the listeners um, oh, yeah, we'll an sh- idea of where they can find all this. Shoot out that link for sure. Well, yeah, we're not just gonna tease this and then be like, well, hope you can find it, listeners. Yeah, good luck. If, if you um, no, and this is yeah, this is for a this is for their class. But the cool thing about the college at which I teach is like. They we produce stuff all the time. and You can just like see it. So that's really cool. cool. That's really cool. I'm um, looking forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward to being able to see that. I mean, that yeah, sounds like that was a lot of fun. Uh, but we have uh, another piece of uh, of entertainment to review today, Aviv, and that's going to be season one, episode seventeen of SVU called Misleader. Misleader. This uh, this was an interesting episode. This was a great episode, uh, and lots lots yes. to get to in uh, in this one. So why don't we dive right in? Do you have a you want to give us our one minute recap of the, the episode? One minute, yeah, if I can. Yeah, the body of a muckety muck at a conservative Christian family run college is discovered, presumably raped, but definitely strangled uh, in her hotel room. And at first, 
the suspect all suspects point to or all signs point to like a like a burglary gone wrong and then it seems as though uh the killer was a little closer to home than she imagined and that's kind of all i want to say about that because yeah because if you don't give too much i don't want to give anything away but it they're, they're keeping it in the family yeah, so uh, just just a reminder, listeners, um, if this is your first time listening to us, which I, I if it is, um, welcome. Um, but we highly recommend that everyone watch these because, ep- like I said, we don't want to spoil it right there for anyone who hasn't had a chance to watch the episode yet. Um, go back and watch this one. Absolutely watchable. 1,000% so worth your time. Uh, all right, yeah, so we open up on... Uh, can, on can something we actually is, talk about before? So, yes. so every yeah, episode. So this was this was the first. I was about to say this is the first yeah. episode that is genuinely uh, the whole ripped from the headlines thing that SVU does. This is yeah, the first one, put, at least like, I a think. Disclaimer up. They put a disclaimer yeah. saying like, although inspired by true events, you know, we're, this the is show fi- this is fictional. Yeah, which is like whoa, okay. And then as the episode went on, I realized kind of why they did that <laughs> yeah so like i saw that and i was like oh like my ears kind of perked up a little bit i was like oh this is the first rip from the headlines episode i'm this this is gonna be awesome i wonder if i'm gonna be able to remember because again the, this was the headline this was yeah because this was uh two ninety nine two thousand mm-hmm. uh, somewhere in there so it's like i don't know if i'm gonna remember something from 16 years ago i don't remember this i don't remember this i was gonna ask you it's like can you recall what this no. was supposed to be ripped from the headlines for because I couldn't. Um, no, but also because um, some of them I can pick out pretty quickly. Be like, oh, I know this. Yeah. This was supposed to be, you know, whatever. Because they or whatever. Well, they had another one that was. Um, I can't remember if it was original recipe or if it. I think it was original recipe where it's supposed to be the whole Robert Durst thing. Um, the the original Robert was, Durst was thing. he creepily burping? No, 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 no. This was. Uh, Whenever he got away with it the first time, like the whole thing where he was dressed up like a woman and like, <laughs> and what a yeah. fucking weirdo that guy is. Yeah. But anyway, um, so like that one jumped out, like I knew what that one was and there was a kind of a, an OJ Simpson one. I think that was original recipe as well. I need to um, watch the, uh, the OJ Simpson show. Yeah. I haven't watched that yet, but I heard it's really, really good. I'm excited. Yeah, I gotta get. I'll get into it eventually. Um, okay, yeah. So we open up. We've got our rip from the headlines disclaimer saying this is fictitious, and it, they could have just left that out because I couldn't identify what it was supposed to be. Yeah, so I, I it was fictitious to me, no matter what. So we open up on uh, the very stereotypical uh, housekeeping. Uh, she like even the goes, maid. housekeeping. Yeah, and I wrote down, like, does any housekeeping, like, I've worked in hotels, like, you know, back in my younger days as, like, a summer job. Like, no one does that. Like, they just don't. And she looked like... She was also already in the room. Right, yeah. So, you would, like, you're already in there. You would knock on the outside of the door and say, how, either way. But she... It it was, like, clearly the, uh, the David Spade from Tommy Boy voice housekeeping. Housekeeping! But, like, it's seriously, like, between the uniform and the voice, she really... Yeah, she looked... She looked like, what was it, like Consuela from Family Guy? From Family Guy, yeah, yeah, I yeah. just realized that. Yeah, so she she's going through, she's saying housekeeping, she's like looking at the place, like seems, she seems like appalled at how dirty the room yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's been like, like ransacked. I mean, it didn't look that bad, though. No, as far my room as, as, far has as like, worse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What, your actual room or your hotel room? My actual room. I was going to say, do you leave hotel rooms just 
Do you just trash hotel rooms? No, I'm, you're on... I'm very nice to hotel rooms. Yes, I am. People. I am too. But like, anyway, she just seemed so like appalled at that. And I was like, really? Like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. It wasn't that bad. And then she finds a dead body. I'm like, all right. Yeah, that's, that's reason to be upset, I guess. Uh, so we've got our team of crime scene people yeah, oh, in the to, room. To add to the to, to add to the stereotype, as soon as she sees the dead body, she's like, "Dio mio!" Oh yeah, yeah it's like it's really. She starts crossing herself. Yeah, she's like, oh no, it's very very stereotypical, like old chunky Latina woman. So we get uh we get our Benson and Stabler and crime scene crew. They're in there. They're dusting for prints and everything like that, which seems like it would be a really mm-hmm. pointless thing to do in a hotel. Which, like, it's they ho- even say. The, yeah, the they even CS- call out. The CSI says, these hotel scenes suck. And I was like, they sure do. Yeah. It's like there's just semen and fingerprints everywhere. It's a hotel. They're they're going through the, like, all right, it looks like a robbery because it's trash and everything like that. There's no money. And... Uh, Olivia's looking through the the victim's purse and she's like, oh, there's not even any earrings in here. Like, I I always at least carry, like, a pair of earrings in my <laughs> purse. And Elliot's like, you don't carry a purse. And she's like, yeah, because I have you carry it for me. And I was like, oh, sick burn. <laughs> Whenever they're saying, like, oh, Liv, you don't carry a purse, it seems like, and I realize this is dealing in, like, the, the quote-unquote traditional way of thinking about things where... Right, you know, they try to make Liv like, oh, she's not like traditionally feminine because, like, oh, she doesn't carry a purse. But then, you know, we've seen her in. I generally can't tell whether someone's a man or a woman unless they're carrying a purse. Well, I mean, that's the only that's the only uh, indication of femininity to me. Well, Aviv, I think that's also because of your face blindness. So mild, mild, mild face blindness. Every week, Aviv, I call you on FaceTime, and I have to explain to you who I am. And yeah, I also have before. that disease from Memento. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we do a podcast. I play you half an episode first, so you get into it, and then by the time we start recording, you forget. How did this and episode you just... start? <laughs> I just have details about Law & Order SVU <laughs> tattooed all over me. And this just reminds me of the episode from a couple weeks ago. It's like, Your Honor, retards often try to hide their <laughs> retardation. <laughs> Where, like, oh, we start talking, God. and then you just kind of just try to go along with whatever I'm talking about. You're just like, yes. Looks at your arm for a clue about SVU, and we're like, um... Red detect- vines? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, but I just it's just interesting the fact that they, they take... I don't, I don't know what they're trying to do. Like, are they trying to... What are they trying to do with, with Olivia here? Like, with that comment? Or I, are they trying to do anything? And I'm just I reading into it. I don't know. So, like, there's a little bit of emasculation where, like, she says that Elliot will hold the purse for her, which we see a, a bit of emasculation later on in the episode. But oh also, boy, like... Oh, boy, do we. Oh, oh boy, do, do we. we. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah, so basically, they, they're going through and looking at the, the, the crime scene here. We get that good crack there and uh yeah so the the body is sort of um it's posed like they the killer had uh folded the arms yeah like, like i guess to cover the hands up together over her chest right yeah so it, it would cover up the victim so they were like well that's not usual for if they're like oh well if this was a a robbery um you know odds are you're not and they killed the and whoever the robber is killed the victim like they're not going to stage the body like that. So they're yeah. like, well, is it, is it, maybe she knew the killer. Maybe this wasn't a robbery. Maybe it is. Who knows? Right. And our, what, what subs in for our wisecrack is Olivia going, 
Maybe it's a burglar rapist with a conscience. Boom, so, boom. Yeah, do, and do, that's do, do. So let's play our let's play our wisecrack game. Okay. Um, looks like he robbed more than her. Oh, no. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looks like he robbed more than her uh, dignity. Oh. Or it looks like looks like he didn't rob her dignity. Oh. Okay. 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 So yeah, you know, um, covered thinking, her up. That's, that's yeah. what I'm going with. Okay. I'm thinking more along the lines of this is dead air right now. Yeah. Well, listen. <laughs> Just a reminder to viewers: if you if you have a uh, a wisecrack, uh, you can tweet at us at SVU Podcast hashtag wisecrack, and uh, we will go ahead and read yours on the air if you give us one. Um, I don't think we have any from. We don't. Last yeah. Week. So I I have a feeling people are either not either not doing it, which is possible, or doing it yeah. and not uh, at like at ing us, not tagging us. And Maybe. so we, I have. Mm, I don't know. Um, okay. Anything. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Nah, I got nothing. I got nothing. Oh, see, you, see, we switch roles. I I'm mean, mine done, wasn't very yeah. good, but at least I had something. Yeah, but like, yeah, not a wisecrack. I want a good wisecrack. Like we have, we've had Lady Briscoe on the show as like the guest star, as like a, a yeah, and he's yeah, and, and, and he's on screen for like two seconds and does a great he's, wisecrack. He's the fucking Michael Jordan of wisecracks. He's just, just like he's just the greatest Jordan. that's ever done it. Just. <laughs> Picture of Lenny Briscoe in like the Air Jordan like yeah, yeah Air Jordan pose right yeah <laughs> with his got the... giant brass ones hanging down <laughs> between his legs and that hair like the hair swoop yeah uh, oh, in the silhouette that'd be great. Speaking of um, Briscoe, Ugh. fucking we get to the bullpen scene yep. and Briscoe literally just like appears out of nowhere and yep. I was like fine 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 and then immediately angry like <laughs> so angry. So we cut we come back from our theme and. Uh, Apparently, there's like a second floor to this squad yeah, room that I've never seen before. No, I think we've seen it in like one of the first couple episodes. They oh, like maybe. interview someone. Uh, there's like just like a table up there. It looks like it's just like a loft. Yeah. And there's like a table up there. Maybe it's like the break area. Wow. I don't know. Munch and Jeffries and- are just like popping down the steps talking about whether the victim knew the killer slash rapist because strangers don't generally like stage the body in that way. Right, which is exactly what they were talking about at before, the yeah, um, the at the crime scene. So it's just basically it's you're picking up the same conversation uh, with two different characters, obviously, but you're keeping the narrative going that way from a writing perspective. It's mm-hmm. like we're going to stop it here in case and you missed gonna, it. Right, in case you missed it, let's recap this uh, on the other side of the break. And uh, and so Benson calls them frickin' frack, and Alphonse and Gaston. Who the fuck are Alphonse and Gaston? I don't know. I was going to ask you. You're usually much better at the references than I am. So Gaston. So Gaston. When I, when I is, think of Gaston, I think of like Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, Gaston. That's the first thing I think of. Yeah, me too. Who are uh, the people but, from um, Waiting but, for Godot? Uh, that's something. Uh. That's a question for Leanne. Um, but apparently, <laughs> Alphonse and Gaston was an American comic strip by Frederick Burr. Frederick Burr Opper. Featuring a bumbling pair of Frenchmen with a penchant for politeness. And Neither was, of those things describe Munch in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I don't know. And there was a, yeah. a short film uh, made of their exploits in 1903. Okay, so well before my interest uh, in <laughs> any or uh, me being alive. So not gonna not gonna deal with that. Matt, but yeah, Matt but, Reuter's 113th birthday is coming up. 
Yeah, so we're we're trying to figure out what's going on here, and then so we we get clunky dialogue machine. Basically, the bullpen scene is just clunky dialogue machine. Yeah, and that's all it is, and which is and fine. It, but it needs to be there. Here's where we get Briscoe's flyby, where he like just appears out of nowhere. Like, you can't just, can't rule out anger. Takes a sip of coffee and walks off screen. I know it's just like why is this man being paid? Like I I, but this was actually a Reagan good episode. Reagan was about to whip out his police issue and just put him out of his misery. <laughs> just puts him down on set. It's like a uh, fucking what's his name from the crow? Except they just Brandon they, Lee fucking it's dark like Brandon. Dude. They're just gonna put him down right on set, but intentionally this time. Um, but this actually, as far as Briscoe goes, is a good episode because he just gets shit, shit on shit right on the entire episode, and it's it made me so happy. It was so satisfying. So clunky dialogue machine, and then they start talking about um, who this woman is and who she works for, and they're like, "Oh, she she was some bigwig yeah, at so this. Her name at is this, Sylvia Hadley." And uh, okay, I can never remember the victims' yeah, names in these shows. Yeah, see, you're smart. Um, and they're like, "Oh, uh, it's uh, it's she. She's a bigwig for this like big Christian uh, college. Yep, Mid- um, Midvale College." Midvale College, like this big, and so they're they're ra- they're talking really quickly, and they're just rattling off a bunch of names, and I'm like, it was a complete flyby for me because I was like, what is happening right, right. now? And, they and then the I heard same, the name, the the same shit that they do all the time, which is like, oh, she is the daughter-in-law of Benjamin Hadley, the Benjamin Hadley, president of Midvale College. The one who's yeah. more influential than Pat Robertson? Like, yeah, exactly. It's like as soon as I heard Pat Robertson, I was like, okay, I think I can piece this together from here. Yeah. Um, some sort of very conservative religious group. Uh, the college portion I missed because I think I was typing up notes for whatever the hell I was typing up notes for. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, Pat Robertson reference. This is going right. to get interesting with a religious leader. Super, and I was like, what, yeah. was th- what was this case? Because I'm like, wait, if they're bringing up Pat Robertson, it's like, was Pat Robertson involved in something back in the 90s? Yeah, that- I don't know. The, not to get like too political about it, but uh, re- there are religious leaders all the time who are caught like sexy. Not being super religious. Yeah. Yeah. Not not living uh, out what they preach. Not, I just thought it was not interesting. Super piously. Yeah, because then Munch goes on this whole rant, essentially saying exactly what you just said, and I was like, "Man, this show has a real liberal slant, and you only get it because of Munch." And I wonder again, is this an instance of Belzer just going off script and no one yelling "cut" and knowing how to stop him? Yeah, I think I think Munch and Belzer are like. Uh, inextricably joined at this point because he's played Munch for so long and like Belzer really is a conspiracy theorist at times and like so it really it's it's kind of like whenever people ask uh, Larry David is he actually like himself on <laughs> Curb and he's like you know it didn't start out that way but as like the seasons progressed I found myself becoming more and more actually like the character I portray on the show and I'm like that's a rough life dude if that's the yeah, case that's, that's roof stoof so all right so we've we've set the stage basically we've, we've got uh someone dead that is working for a religious college a big powerful religious group so we know immediately this is going to get uber political and yeah. this is going to get fucking off the rails here on that regard so it's like okay now that we've established what we're doing here, we've got our quasi-widescrack, and let's hit it. Let's go. So we head over to the Emmy Bone Saw Sound Effect Lady, and Bone Munch is still hitting on lady. her. Munch, Munch seems to still be hitting on her from the last time he was hitting on her. Yeah, he, he absolutely is, and she still seems non, non-plussed about it. And 
she doesn't really give us anything new other than like she come they come in and she's like yep it was semen like that was kind of yeah it. like that was pretty that was pretty much it like well there was uh there was semen present they're like great thanks let's uh let's go uh yep and he's super creepy and so they start sort of shaking down her known associates first is this dude brad weber with whom she was working very closely on the like finances for the college yeah which he are like a little like shady the, he manages like the endowment or whatever like that is mm-hmm. what he was saying and this was an interesting like, there was a lot of people in this episode that i'm just like i know him from somewhere but i can't place where like so the Brad, the dude that played the head of the college that we meet, like yeah, I, we're visually talk, I don't we're know who he is, him. but but his voice is really familiar. So I was like, does this he do a lot of voiceover work? Is that why I know this? We'll, we'll find out. But Brad Weber is played by Richard Thompson, and he has done pretty much nothing. He's been on Criminal Intent once, Special Victims Unit once, and he was in the TV movie of Death of a Salesman, which we talked about a couple episodes ago. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, and he's like, I don't know. Wasn't me. Yeah, basically. He, he was not really all that helpful. Then we finally meet up with Ben Hadley Sr. So he's the head. He's the head of the. So Sr. is the head of the school. Yeah. Of so at, right, the university. Sylvia Hadley was married to, to Ben Hadley Jr., Junior, and then there's Ben Hadley Senior, who Who's is the head the of the college. Head of the, Doctor, the college, Doctor Ben Hadley. So we will we will okay. refer to them hereofore as Junior and Senior. Just Junior to, and Senior, yes. Just to help everybody out. Just so we meet up is, with yeah. Senior, and he blames a blames New York. He's like, it was a break in. It was one of you, you New York people, which that he means like blacks and gays and Jews, Jews, um, and. He's like, it I was mean, atheistic hedonism, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, if someone that I knew just died, sure, I, I might just be like an out-and-out asshole and make some some, some generalizations about uh, places, people, etc. Like, all right, fine, I get that. But man, he hits that note so many yeah, times. He's it's like, like fire and brimstone why, guy. Why did you come to New York City? If you thought it was literally going to be like that, like schedule whatever meetings you had somewhere else. Like, honestly. So, uh, this is the guy whose voice you said sounds familiar. Yes, and very you're much right. so. He does play a voice in a famous series of movies. He plays Ratchet in the Transformers movies. Yeah, but I don't, I've, I've only seen, like, one of them, and when it, the first one, when it first came out. So, like, does he, is there more? Like, I feel like he does other mm. things. The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest TV series. Oh, who did he play in that? Roger T. Race Bannon. Oh, he played Race Bannon. I'm thinking that may be where I recognize <laughs> the voice from when I was a kid. No, honestly, cool. I, it's, yeah, no. it's it's weird, but I think that might be it. I think you might be right. He was also yeah, on one right. episode of Quincy M.E. in 1976. And uh, Kung Fu. This guy had a fucking long career. Yeah, is he still working? Um, Yep. He was in the last thing he did was the Transformers stuff, but the Age of Extinction came out two years ago. This guy's still alive. Oh, well, there you go. Good for him. Good Mr. Uh, Race Bannon himself. But yeah, so he's like just harping on like, oh, how horrible New York City. And basically I, everyone of this family yeah. is like, oh, New York City. And it's like, uh, it, well, I mean, the one dude says that he lives in Baltimore. So it's like, 
<laughs> and I just started, I know we've talked about The Wire, and I just started watching The Wire. So if he's going to complain about New York City, and if even... New York City? And even if 5% of what happens on The Wire is remotely accurate, I th- kind of think Baltimore might be worse than New York City in a lot of ways. So I think you're right. I mean, if that's how you feel about it, go fucking move to the Midwest then and eat a fucking sleeve of saltines and stare at a wall because that <laughs> seems like that's all you want to do. Like, so just stop. Enough. <laughs> so then they head to... Sorry, end, end rant that's on, the, on that. The whole reason that these bumble shits were in New York in the first place was like for a conference. So that's why Sylvia Hadley was at the hotel in the first place. They go to the hotel sort of manager dude's... Not office, because they're on like a walk and talk. But they talk to him, and he says that a log is made by the computer every time someone uses the key to enter the room, because it's electronic locks. Right, so, and they were, uh, um, Benson and Sabler were asking him about cameras as well, and he's like, well, we have cameras, you know, and he rattles off a bunch of locations, and Benson and Sabler were like, oh, yeah, like, what about, like, in the hallways? And he was like, well, it's it's kind of one of those fine lines between protection versus privacy of the customers so it's like yeah all right i can see that argument so they're like well we don't have that's why we don't have cameras up in the hallways because it's like spying on uh on the guests so we don't do that so they're like all right well we'll take the we'll take whatever you do have he's like oh just so you know and this is going to be crucial later he's like oh just so you know uh we have all these tapes but there's some sort of a glitch with the thing where they're not time stamped so it only shows up on the screen when you're watching it, but it's not on the film. So you're, we have tape, but it, there's no time associated with it. So you'll have to figure it out, essentially. Which, I mean, okay, I guess. That's but, kind of a pain in the ass. Oh, but it's, it's extre- also like, it's, I, yeah. I could, I could conceive of a, of a world where that is the case, where like something like that happens. But it seems sure. like in this episode, just a device to be like, well, we can't. We got to look through a bunch of tapes. It's going to yeah, take exactly. a while. So because you'd be like, well, it should be pretty simple. Just look at a bunch of shit, and then you should probably be able to figure out, you know, Immediately. what happened. Yeah, but they're like, well, no. Um, and right after that, we meet Ben Hadley Jr., who is the husband of the deceased, and he looks like Chuck Todd. Yeah. and uh, Host he, of Meet the Press, Chuck Todd. <laughs> and he... Uh, He's the guy that lives in Baltimore because he was like, oh, I just found out and I, I took the train up here. And he's sitting in the police station and he is railing against New York City as well. Yeah. Like, it's mm-hmm. just a big fuck New York fest. That's all it is with everyone in this episode. Meanwhile, he's coming from Baltimore. So. Shut up. Figure, figure that the fuck out. All right. <laughs> and so uh, Olivia gives a stack of videotapes to Briscoe's nephew and says, Check out these videotapes like a good man. And I'm like, yes, fuck that guy. You yes. tell him, Olivia. Yeah, I, I, I wrote to Hone, yes, have Briscoe do the bitch work. Take that, Briscoe. Take that, Briscoe. Why do we hate him so much? Because uh, really... he says dumb shit and he does dumb shit. And I hate I him. There's, just, there's, a, there's a really there's good no example reason of for why us. I hate him later on in this episode. I mean, there's really no reason for us to dislike him this much. There really isn't. It's it's funny, but there's really no good reason I can think of to. Uh, I do. Again, it's like I just I can't explain why, but I do. There's no. Um, there's nothing saying that he wasn't the Zodiac killer. 
that's very true, Aviv. I didn't think of it that way. Um, so we forgot one thing about the previous scene oh, where yeah, we sorry. were in the hotel. So they're talking to the hotel manager, Liv and Benson, or Liv and Elliot, rather. Um, and he's like, oh, um, I know other hotel managers from all over the city. And they said that they've been getting yes. uh, robbed, like similar-ish robberies, but not with a murder, obviously. Break-ins, but, but no rapes. Right. So... Uh, they come back to the squad room. They give Minnie Briscoe the tapes, and they're like, go go watch these tapes. <laughs> go go fuck so off for half an hour. They're like, all right, well, there's like a task force that's been set up about these robberies for the hotels. So gung-gung, cut two. They go to talk to this uh, robbery unit, well, this task so force. So they talk to one of the victims first. I think her name is Lana. Um, they talked to one of the the victims oh, that's right. You're of right. the You're burglary right. first, and she said, she's the worst fucking actor in the entire episode, by the way, and she says... Yeah, she wasn't great. She had was a, not great. He had a bit of an idiosyncrasy. The burglar masturbated in my underwear. Yeah, does that qualify as an idiosyncrasy? Yeah, that is an, I mean, un, that is an understatement. I'm, yeah, an underwear I mean, statement. Dun, dun, oh, dun, 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 dun. Hashtag wisecrack. Hashtag wisecrack. <laughs> There you go. That was see. That would have been perfect. Yeah, that would have been I'm absolutely back. perfect. You're, there he is, folks. Aviv Rubenstein. He's back with the with the uh, with the wisecracks. So <laughs> with the yeah, wisecracks and the ones and twos. This is Aviv Rubenstein uh, coming at you. Uh, yeah, and so then they head to the ta- they meet up with the task force officers in the yeah. Three so one. basically, yeah, they're um, this this is another classic instance of every other. Um, police officer being an absolute moron yeah and like a monster human being yeah because they're they're explaining to the guy on the uh the robbery task force like hey there's all of these reasons why this might have screamed you know an escalation sex crime type thing why didn't you come to us essentially they're like you know he jerked off in her panties that wasn't maybe uh, your first clue that perhaps there was some sort of a sexual angle to and the he, robberies and he essentially says we didn't call you because no one likes you yeah basically and it was just and yeah cue the weirdest like thing at, like there was really no re- at this point we're 17 episodes in there's really no reason to establish like we've already we already know that no one really likes all the other cops are idiots and there's no and they're not all really friends like, yeah and so other than the- other than dealing with lenny briscoe senior or lenny briscoe rather like yeah that the original like, the um, original law and order crew like they that's it like that's all we need we don't the need only anything thing else thing that it comes of this is the the task force guy says 10 bucks you you only the only other cops you hang out with is brooklyn svu and and stabler goes wrong bronx svu yeah that was i i would have loved it if he just like shook him down for 10 bucks right there yeah I, and I wrote down, like, why does everyone hate SVU so much? Because I guess the, the reason that the robbery guy gave was essentially it's like, you guys deal with fucked up stuff all the time, and no one wants to deal with that fucked up stuff. So, and, like, you elected to... Yeah, you chose to go into SVU. It wasn't like you weren't assigned there, which I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but sure. Um, yeah, it just seemed... I don't know. I was like, why did... I mean, the fact that no one else wants to do that means that they should probably like the SVU people more because it's like they deal with a lot tougher shit than, like, the robbery unit does. So... Yeah, I don't why know. should that make the, why should that make them the villains? That should make them more of the heroes and have even more of the respect of their peers. I don't know. That's... Maybe I'm wrong on that one, but... 
I, I it just seemed it that that logic just doesn't connect in my head. Like it seems like it should be the exact opposite of what they're saying. But that's I, I'm the only one apparently that feels that way. So that's totally fine. Um, also, this is interesting, and we'll we'll get more into this later. Is basically the whole thing that. Uh, Benson and Sabler are saying is that like, oh, this is definitely a sign of like some sort of an escalating uh, serial rapist type nature crime, which is very interesting as we find out later in the episode. So spoiler alert, we're going to jump ahead here for a second. Not at all the case. So this is the instance of our heroes. Yeah. Being not the best in terms of um, the, the case that they're making. Because it doesn't turn out that way. It may appear that way, so eh. But they're they're asserting facts that are not accurate, which I just thought was interesting. Um, just a little nugget there. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I, I there's like evidence to support that theory, but it sort of out, yeah, it turns not out not really though. Really correct. Yeah. So um, so we go back to our squad room, and everyone's sitting around and Cragen's like, Oh, you guys should listen to this and just goes over to the radio and turns it on. And it is uh senior railing about New York city and how terrible everything is. And how, you know, one of the Jews, he doesn't actually ever say anything about the Jews, but, but I feel like it's always veiled. Like it's always there, but not really there but absolutely there at the exact same time. Like, you know, where it's just like, you know, he just wants to be like Jew York city in one of his statements. We also find out that Sylvia Hadley was pregnant. So this is turned in, this is turned from one homicide to a double homicide. To a double homicide. Yeah. Is that a thing? Does that actually happen? I think it's a state by state thing because I remember whenever there was the whole Scott Peterson thing, Scott Peterson, Lacey Peterson right. thing out in California. Uh, I think it was only after that happened, that, and I could be totally wrong on this. And if anyone uh, that's listening knows better, uh, again, tweet at us, send us an email. Uh, but I think it was the Scott Peterson thing that was kind of a landmark case in California because they changed the statute to because she was pregnant from being a single say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Single murder to a double murder? And that was was after this. Yeah, and that was after this. So, okay. So she may have just been saying that, like... To say like, and the stakes just got higher, you know, like right, like yeah, that yeah, may yeah, not have been a legal, yeah, not not no order in this episode, which was very I thought we were gonna get some order because our 
lady, Lana, who says the thing about masturbating in my underwear, um, also says that she noticed that there was this weird dude always hanging out in the lobby, and he had a red baseball cap on. So that's like their best lead is like red baseball cap. Yeah, and hangs out in lobby. So they're like, all right, well, um, I guess logically, if, if you were a cop and you know that there's some sort of a, a guy hitting all these hotels, um, I guess the next best thing you would do would just to be kind of to go and stake out some hotel lobbies and look for a dude in a red baseball cap, could, right? And then follow him. Could I wear a funny hat too? If you would like to, Aviv, you could wear uh, like a big like black cap. Uh, like, like a, a Dick flat Tracy cap. hat. Yeah, like a Dick Tracy hat. And uh, and that's exactly you know. what Munch and Jeffries do. Cue the next scene yeah. where we see Munch and Jeffries riding an elevator, like in just the worst, like undercover, like non suspicious clothing. You know who they look ever. like? They look like when Marty McFly in Back to the Future 2, when Marty McFly has to, do- has to don like inconspicuous clothing. And so he dresses in like a leather jacket and a, and a fedora. Yeah, a little bit. That's, it, that's it what Munch is dressed like. It reeks of that. And. Like, they're following this guy, but not very inconspicuously. Like, he gets off the elevator, and you, you don't see you don't see the guy in the red hat in the frame at first. You see it's kind of shot on a weird angle. So the doors open, and you can see Munch and Jeffries, and they're kind of just suspiciously looking at one another, like, in the kind of way where it's like, you're trying t- so people won't notice you by doing that, but you're just making yourself more noticeable. And then we see the guy come out of the elevator. In the red hat. In the red hat, and there's like this pause, and this dude, not like his hackles aren't up at all. He's just like, okay, nope. I'm gonna go commit this crime. Yep. Just walks over, doesn't even look around Tries for, to, like, at all. Jimmy the door, right? No, it's not even that because he has like the, the oh, he card has, like, reader. He has like the uh, he has the John the thing from like Terminator, from Terminator Two thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got that. But he doesn't even, like, do a good job of, like, stopping and looking around for a second to see if anyone's looking. He just, like, immediately walks over to a door and does it. And, like, Munch is, like, the dude get, when the dude gets out of the elevator, Munch, like, puts his hand out, like, you know, to, like, stop the elevator door from closing. You know, I do that for sometimes whenever I'm getting yeah. off the elevator just to, like, hold it for someone else. But he does that and just, like, stays like that. And the dude doesn't notice. Like, yeah, yeah, was, there's nothing... It, like worst at no criminal point in time. ever. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, it's it was just and one so, of those things where it's like, what and, the fuck? And so they don't immediately go and bust this dude. Instead, they call for backup, which is like, fine, I guess. And then uh Why? My question is why. I don't know, maybe he had like, You know a what room weapon. he's in? Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's not like whatever. a back exit or something like that where you think there's they gonna be a ton have of just other people in the room. Him then and there. But they call for yeah. backup. They get they get much uh, it's Munch and Jeffries as well as Benson and Stabler. They enter room whatever it is, six twenty four. Six twenty four. And uh and he's like, Well, uh whoops. Yeah, like well, you okay. Got, you got me. Yeah, this dude Yeah, he's he's just very kinda like, well, all right, he'd like to, he is just like the most nonchalant like criminal like well I got caught. This was gonna happen. Oh well I guess I'm going to jail. Like doesn't care. And we're on the way out. It's it's nighttime, which I thought was interesting because it looked like the way that it was lit, and I realized they were indoors. But I thought maybe oh, I thought the, it was just like date. I don't know what the fuck that was about. Well, because they go outside and it's nighttime. I thought it was daytime in the hotel. You're right. I thought it was daytime in the hotel yeah. room. You figured it was like a window or something, just the way that the yeah, light was pouring. I think in. that that might be a continuity error, or like the idea that like it took a while to book the guy. It took several hours to book the guy upstairs. 
I maybe let's go with that. So we're getting out, and um, Elliot and um, and Olivia, and they're walking down the street, and the guy from the the task force, from the robbery task force, is there, and he starts like talking to to Stabler, like, "Hey," and he makes one crucial mistake. One crucial he, mistake. Well, he's talking about like, oh, like I want to help you get credit for this or something like that. And Ben or Stabler says something to the effect of like, I'm going to tell everyone about how uncooperative you were with us. And the guy tries to stop Elliot, I guess, to like slow him down to try to sweet talk him so he could like not get screwed by by Stabler here. And he puts his hands on his shoulder and Stabler. And I really thought we were going to get our first instance of Stabler beating the shit out of someone. And I was so looking forward to it. And we didn't get it. He like knocks the guy's hands off of him and like grabs him by the lapels and like fucking it looks like he's about to just like snap and beat the hell out of the guy yeah and i was just like yes this is everything that i want and more out of an (laughs) svu episode and stabler's just like i don't like to be touched don't fucking touch me which is great and amazing point really good yeah it was so fucking good so then the uh the guy in the the cap in the red cap is now getting put into the back of the car and he's like if that's the dude that's going to be interrogating me i definitely want my lawyer (laughs) yeah and i'm sure that at you at that point we're like finally someone with any sense at all yes but here's the bigger issue that i have so we go to the to the courtroom or not the courtroom excuse me the interrogation room and he is just give and he has his lawyer there and he is just giving up absolutely everything yeah and his lawyer is like shut up stop you need to stop talking i can't help you if you don't stop talking and he's like well whatever they caught me uh your job is just to get me the best deal possible and i'm just like well i mean he's not wrong i guess because they did catch him in the act so there's not much he can really do about it i don't know it was just like i i wrote down in my notes i was like Wow, this dude actually asked for a lawyer, but might as well not yeah, have because might as he's well giving not have everything it. up without being coerced into it or threatened even. He's just talking. So yeah, he did have the sense to ask for a lawyer, but it still bothers me because he was giving up way too much information. And his name is John Fenwick. And the thing that he's saying is like a little bit nonsensical. It's like he he was making a point about hotel security and that how lax it is. And he didn't ever fence any of the things that he stole they were all cataloged and waiting for the cops like he's like the edward snowden of hotel security in his head at least yeah because he was saying how he's like oh i used to work for um uh, a company that did like digital locks like security stuff like this where he was like you know i i got fired because i was the only person that was pointing out the hypocrisy of the whole digital lock baby because it's like well we give everyone a key card saying like no one else can get in but there's the key card that is on the maid's cart that's always on every floor that can access all the rooms sitting there and it's just there so it's like it's not that secure and he's like and there's one combination uh for all of the safes that are in the hotel that open them so again it's not really secure (laughs) get your shit together so let's not say it's secure so that was he was trying to be like a yeah, like the Edward Snowden, I guess, like you're saying, of hotel security. And so that's why he's like, yeah, I, I wanted to get caught. Like, I don't care. You know, your, your job is to get me the best deal possible to his attorney. So then they go outside. They're like, give us one second. So oh, much Jeffries go back outside. They're like, all right, uh, what, what, how do we want to play this now? Because 
Um, he's admitted to the robberies, but not the murder or the rape. So they think that this is going to be the fucking easiest collar that they ever had. Essentially, yeah. So they're like, all right, well, let's do well, let's do bad cop then. They literally say that they're like, well, well let's do the bad cop. And, bit and while then. they're and while they're discussing it, this guy Fenwick is like peering into the two way mirror as they talk. It's like a super cool, weird shot where they're like, yeah. both co- cops are sort of flanking the left and the right, and and Fenwick is in the middle, just like trying to see what they're saying. It's pretty great. Yeah. Because he's an idiot like that. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, so the, so, so this guy, dude, the guy who plays Fenwick, so he's, he says that he's like a, uh, a computer programmer, right? Yeah. And so his real name is the most computer programmer IT guy name. Oh, God. What is it? Norbert Leo Butts. Yep. That sounds, that sounds like he could be working for google or something like that just like no, one that of sounds offices. like that sounds like he is currently hanging from his underwear on a high school <laughs> locker somewhere <laughs> norbert uh, butts yeah that's that's a that's a terrible like what were his parents thinking well his like father just... is is also norbert butts he's the oh, he's se- a junior he's the seventh child of elaine and norbert butts Oh my god, he's junior. God, I hope it's like a, a George Foreman situation. They're all, all Norberts. They're all Norberts. Oh, oh that would oh be boy. amazing. Cause yeah, cause his father is Norbert A Butts and he is Norbert Leo Butts. So I'm I'm hoping that he's six older brothers and they're all Norbert with a different middle name Butts. Different that would name. make me so fucking so happy. <laughs> so. So Mush and Jeffries go back. Just the concept of that was really funny to me. So uh, Mush and Jeffries go back in, and now they drop drop it on him that. Uh, oh, and he also <laughs> he also like fucking dead. Yeah, he's like, oh, by the way, so we've got you for rape and uh, rape and murder. He's, he's like, like oh, excuse me, what? He's like, wait, what was this now? What was that? Huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> and the lawyer, the lawyer's sitting back like, you should have fucking listened to me, you piece yeah, exactly. of shit. The lawyer's got the like the real I told you so look on his face, like, well. Uh, you're fucked here, buddy, because I tried to help you. Um, so he's like, no, 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 let me clear this up, like, right now. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I didn't, I didn't hurt anyone. Like, I just go in and steal shit. Like, that's, that's all that I do, essentially. And don't they ask right. him for a and blood test? Him, and it's he's like, like borrowing. Oh, yeah, yeah, they ask him for a blood test. It's like, sure, take my blood. Jesus. It's like, I didn't do anything, so go for it. Uh, yep. Uh, and yeah, his, oh, so, and he has an alibi. And his alibi is, oh, he was, he was committing he was, another crime. Yeah, he was robbing uh, another hotel of a dog. Uh, he was no, robbing was a dog. A dog. No, what? <laughs> yeah, he was robbing. He was robbing the the dog collar. It was like a diamond yeah, dog collar a, from like a pet friendly hotel in the Upper West Side. Yeah, and that and that story checks out. So we know that this guy's not our guy. But also another thing, in whenever they're first in there, they're asking him about like jerking off into that woman's panties. Oh yeah, like, he just. He just so freely is like, hey, I guess I figured that's a, that's what I'm into. Like just unabashedly, he's like, yeah, I like to jerk off in women's underwear. What 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 of it? I mean, what's it? What's show it? Show of hands. Who here? This is an this is an audio podcast, Aviv. So, as you're driving to work, raise your hand if, you, if you've ever bo- jerked if, off in a lady's underwear. I feel like most ladies have masturbated in their own underwear, right? So that's like half of our listenership right there. You really think we have a 50-50 split of the listenership of this podcast between men and women, Aviv? I don't know. Well, listen, sure? all I'm saying is you could be into weirder things. 
It's, uh, yes, I, I suppose, I mean, that, that is kind of a weird thing, but you know, I guess who am I to judge? Who are any of us to judge? But it was just the fact that he admits it so freely, like, just, he's just like, yeah, so fucking what? Sometimes <laughs> yeah. I like to do that. And the lawyer's like, shut up! <laughs> it's like, you need to stop talking now, please, for the love of God. But it wasn't him. Yeah, it, it was not him. So they, uh, they come out, we're back in the, into the squad room, and we have the victim's husband, Junior, is mm-hmm. out there. And he's like, I want to I wanna see the guy. And they're like, well, it's probably not a good idea. And honestly, after talking to him, we, we don't think he's our guy. Like, we asked for a DNA sample, and he said, okay, uh, we're going to run that. But, like, it's probably not our guy. And the, the dude says, like, how hard could your job be? She was killed in a hotel. Right. Really? Which is like, really? Fuck you. I dude. understand you're frustrated, but like, just antagonizing the cops because they're doing pretty decent detective work, as far as I'm concerned, in, yeah. in the realm of this show, at least. Like, you know, I, why is it that? And, and like, how hard could it be? She killed. She was killed in a hotel. That's very would, hard. That would be so much more difficult because there's a million people that go in and out of hotels, like fingerprints, DNA, like that's the more difficult place. It's like she was killed in a clean room at like the Intel factory where it's like, oh, there's only one fingerprint. That was probably the killer. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Uh, and seemingly sort of out of nowhere, Senior comes up, like appears and is like, chill out, Junior. And Junior kind of relaxes a minute and and apologizes even yeah he's like you're right i'm sorry you guys are doing a good job like he backs off that real quick which fine so uh kind of back to the drawing board they head back to the hotel and they interview like the floor manager and he's like i remember her because she ordered a bunch of room service this like bellhop dude is like i remember her because she asked me to restock the mini bar and then she went down to the bar they go to the bartender Bartender's like, I remember her because she was flirting with this dude. And and she was hammered. And she was hammered. And and they're like, oh, flirting with a dude that wasn't her husband. Interesting. He's like, not really. That happens all the time. Um, yeah. And he was like, well, here's the thing. I noticed that they were both married, obviously not to each other. And she was pounding. I think like the quote was something to the effect of like, she was pounding down apple teenies to and, like help her lose control. And, and he, he was, was pounded out like Amstel, Amstel lights, lights to try to right. keep control. Um, so they're like, oh, was this dude that she was uh, at the bar with, uh, was he staying at the hotel by chance? And he was like, uh, in the classic bartender way, like, yeah, I think so. Let me go check. I, th- I, th- I, think I remember charged- him uh, putting it on, uh, on his room on the- tab. Uh, room 1510's tab. Let me go check that. Yeah, room 1510's tab. I remember this from like four days ago. Because that's how my brain works. Um, so it turns out, guess whose hotel the uh, the tab got charged to, Aviv? Brad fucking Weber. Brad Weber, our financial guru himself. Whenever they first interviewed Brad Weber, I was like, I want to say it's Brad Weber, but it seems too obvious yeah, that it's it seems Brad Weber. Yeah, a little Weber. too obvious for Brad Weber. And then when they're like, oh, it was Brad Weber's room, I wrote down, really? Brad Weber? Damn it, was I right the first time? Well, it turns out turns you weren't, because Brad, Brad Weber is kind of like, dude, I was, she was hitting on me. She was like kind of insatiable. I was trying to be nice. Okay, we made out. And he was like, yeah, she's like my biggest client. Like, I, I was trying to be polite. Like, I don't want to lose my, my job, you know. And, you know, then we went back to to her hotel room and then we were outside and then i i kissed her 
but that's it. I swear to God. And they're like, really, dude? Really? You're at the bar getting Just loaded. Just the tip. And, I swear to God. Yeah. Like, it's that's, that's almost what you expected to happen, where he's like, uh, we kissed. All right. I sort of, we, we sort of, we, we fooled around okay, a little we bit fought. in the hotel room. All right, we, yeah. I had sex with her. All right. He he doesn't say that at all. He says the exact opposite. He even he says, uh, "We kissed," and then I realized that like my wife, like my relationship with my wife, just changed irrevoc- irrevocably. So I went home. Yeah, he's like, so I went back to my back to my room. I'm going and back to my wife. My wife. Um, <laughs> so the uh, he has his lawyer present at this point, doesn't he? He sure does. And Everyone's so, got a lawyer in this. See, that's good. Matt's that's favorite good. episode. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, if we're not going to get inside the courtroom, at least we'll have some lawyers here. Um, so, they're like, well, if, if that's the case, then he wouldn't mind giving us a DNA sample. So, he, like, looks at his attorney. His, yeah, his attorney, attorney whispers, essentially, like, no, seriously, did you do it? And he's like, I didn't do anything. He's like, all right, fine, we'll give you the blood test. <laughs> Which is, like, probably something you should have done in private. Yeah, probably. Like he didn't whisper it. It was just like I didn't, I didn't do anything. So, um, so they're like, all right, this guy's giving up his DNA. So odds are he's probably not our guy. They never, they never willingly give up their DNA if they did it. Brad's interview is split into two, and this is like this is the most Matt Reuter sentence in the entire episode, or in the in the entire series thus far. He admits to flirting with Sylvia Hadley and to kissing her, and then they sort of like leave and come back. They talk to the. They talk to the family. The family's like, he's drunk all the time and come back. And when they interview him a second time, that's when he has a lawyer. And the lawyer says, he only told the truth because I wasn't around, which is like, yes. that's like, yeah, no shit. That's what lawyers, lawyers are supposed to keep you from incriminating yourself. Yes, exactly. That's the point. But it's just so funny because whenever they, whenever a senior decides that he's going to throw uh, Brad Weber under the bus, he's like, well... Yeah, the dude's always kind of half-loaded and hits on all the women, and it's just generally kind of a piece of shit. And I'm like, then why do you have him? Why why is he working for you? Like you're yeah, like this supposed to be this hitting moral on your daughter-in-law. Yeah, like I was like that. Something about this doesn't sit right with me because if if you're supposed to be as like morally upstanding and you're trying to keep this certain image, like having your head accountant be this like womanizing drunk doesn't really sit well with me it's like this doesn't make any sense yeah so immediately i'm suspicious i'm like all right well this guy's full of shit but why is he who is he covering for and why right and so it was was kind of my feeling on it and right about at that point they got a report saying that um the league of college professors or some other made-up organization has the league of extraordinary gentlemen league of extraordinary professors has sort of censured or or criticized uh dr hadley senior for abuse of power not in like a creepy way but in f- the firing of professors yeah he's apparently just like a like drunk with power tor- sort of like just very demanding like megalomaniac sort of yeah and so yeah and so they kind of want to chase that down a little bit and they try to find a former professor that he fired unjustly and they do in new york which like i don't exactly know where this college is but that's convenient that yeah right one of them was in new york plot device plot device yeah and so they find this professor 
the the actor's name is Tom Lacey, but the the character's name is Professor. Um, <laughs> is it really? Is yeah, that all it's listed professor. as on the IMDb? That's really funny. Yeah. Uh, and the reason the reason I looked it up is because the guy looked really familiar. His name is Tom Lacey, and he was in the uh, the movie Doc Hollywood. He played the doctor that uh, Michael J. Fox works with. Um, uh, I've never Hollywood. seen it, but okay. Yeah. I, sure. I, I couldn't remember, and then as soon as I saw, I was like, "Oh yeah." Anyway, fucking that guy. That guy. Yeah, that guy. Exactly. So yeah, so that that guy, the professor, he's talking to uh, to Munch and Jeffries, and he's describing, you know, how uh, he was a philosophy teacher, uh-huh. and he was like, "Well, you know, uh, this place started out uh, as like a really great place to learn and a great place to work. I encourage like our our motto, I guess, in the philosophy." Uh, philosophy department rather was like question everything which is good that's what philosophy is all about it's 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 just to like question everything now whenever he said that i was like wait a second so this dude was saying that this was a super this is a super religious uh school and he's he's telling people to question everything, and he thought this was going to go well. Well, and so if so, and why? This is, and this is one of those like weird sort of in the background plots of the of the episode is like the college didn't used to be an uber religious school. It was like it was a liberal arts school that that went bankrupt, and then and then Ben what what's his name? And Whatever. Then senior Ben Hadley Do- Senior, Doctor yeah. Ben Hadley Senior, uh, bought it to like as like a almost like a tax shelter sort of deal i um, think but yeah so and that's and that's when all this shit happened and the professor says the first thing to go is the the origin of species the the yeah so Darwin book. yeah i i was just i don't know there I, I guess i missed that part where it was like oh it, it wasn't always like this it was yeah I, it was deep in the background Okay, then I missed it because I was like, well, wait a second. Why the hell would the philosophy professor think that this was going to go any other way right, if, you're, right. if, if, if you were going like, yeah, let's question. You should have uh, seen that coming down the pike for sure. Not a great philosophy professor. If he, I understand you want to like question everything, but if you can't have basic foresight to see when something's coming your way yeah. like that, eh, you're maybe not the best thinker in the universe. <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, so boom, guy got shit canned, and now is working as a professor, presumably in New York City. But so uh, when questioned about Sylvia Hadley, the you know the the deceased, he says, "Well, Sylvia Hadley spent more time working with Hadley Senior than living with Hadley Junior." Yes, so we've set this up now. So we've got okay, maybe there's the affair going on between uh, Senior and the victim. Huh. huh. So, like, Senior seems like he's just, he's such like a, just, he grabs the headlines and everything like that. But seriously, Junior genuinely seems like he just, he doesn't do anything. Like, he sits in a room and eats saltines for, you know, yeah, all day. Yeah, and, and that's sort of like, it's hinted at, like, that there's been this a ton of nepotism to even get Junior a job anywhere. That he, like, really yeah. sucks at everything. He's, he is the... He is the Briscoe's nephew of yeah of this they even, college. They even say they're like, oh well, he's a really nice guy, but he's kind of a he's kind of a mook. Yeah, like he's, he's a milk toast motherfucker. Yeah, he just suck. He fucking sucks. Like he doesn't. He's not objectionable, but he just he sucks. Like he just sucks. <laughs> I don't hate you. I just hate you. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, like, I, yep. Yeah. So like, okay, we've got a lot lot going on here now. We've got. 
this this moral ups, this this head of this moral uh, institution, but maybe he's not so moral. We've got the Harvey Milk toast of a son who shouldn't be working anywhere, but the moral dude is firing people left and right. And it's, this is, there's yeah. a lot of ins and outs going on in this episode. There, there is indeed. And so they, they head to a, um, like a memorial service for Sylvia where, you know, Hadley senior is speaking. Hadley junior is doing nothing of course. And he's eating, he's eating saltines, he's eating saltines in the corner. And, uh, He's got the travel size pack of salt <laughs> saltines. He's like, "Well, I'm going out on the road. I need some saltine crackers." He's like, he's like Rod or Todd Flanders. He's just like, he really is. Oh my god, that's exactly what he is. Um, <laughs> yeah, and oh, it works so well. And so uh, Benson and oh, Stabler diddly. sort of oh, diddly, uh, diddly. <laughs> Benson and Benson and Stabler. Um, hold on, I this is worth this is worth the tangent. Um, Oh, okay. Are we going? Are we going down the Flanders? Yeah, the Flanders do, path do you there? know about this Flanders thing? No, I don't. I gotta. I gotta. Oh, I'm so excited to hear about this now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there is a uh, there is a Ned Flanders themed metal band called oh, o- called Oakley Dokley, but but <laughs> but the Kali is spelled K I L L like Oakley Do Oakley Dokley. I got you. And they and it's like five. Five dudes, and they all dress like Ned Flanders and, and <laughs> sing metal music. Is it like somehow related to like? Did they sing anything in reference to The Simpsons? I don't or know. Is it... We should let me uh, let me look it up. Because if, the if they sing like first Ned Flanders themed metal band, first and probably last, they're from I'm, Phoenix. I'm hoping. Oh, there we go. How long have they been around? Maybe they were there when I lived there. Okay. With. So with the name so, like Smuckers, so it has to be good. This is from uh, from ripitup.com.au. So how does a Flanders the metal band start? As lead singer Head Ned, possibly not his real name, explains, <laughs> inspiration struck while casually shopping at a convenience store that, for purposes of this article, we'll just assume is called Quickie Mart. Myself and our drummer <laughs> Bled Ned. We're at we're in line at a grocery store entertaining ourselves with coming up with really cutesy names for h- hardcore brutal bands. The name Oakley Dosley came up. It was and it was very funny to us. We ran it we, we ran with it. I contacted a few friends, Red Ned, Thread Ned, and Stead Ned, and here we are. Doesn't say when. Oh my. Still. Like um, that's that's pretty fucking here good. Here we go. I'm gonna listen to a song real quick. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna play this on the. Can we play this on the podcast? I'll see if I can. What I'm saying, I, I would be legally be permitted to. Uh, I'm just I'm gonna email them and ask. Oh, okay. The, it's it's like playing in my earphones as we're talking. Oh right well, now. well, thanks a lot, Dick. I can't hear anything. All right, so Wait, no, hold on, it's happening. I can't hear anything. I dude. know, but I'm listening. Well, what the hell? What the hell am I supposed to be doing? (laughs) Go to oakleydokley.bandcamp.com. I'm not going to fucking do that. This is fucking dead air now. Well, you're going to edit this out, I imagine. Listen to it for a second. All right, fine. Diddly. Oh, their genre is called nettle. (laughs) Head Ned, Dead Ned, Thread Ned, Nettle, Stead Ned. Stead Ned. So their song, 
they warned me is just them saying they warned me over and over again. So I'm assuming, oh wait, no. The next song on their demo is called Nothing At All. So it must have something to do with, the lyrics must have something to do with Ned Flanders. Feels like I'm wearing wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Our conversation sounds really good with their music in the background, I'll tell you that much. Does it really? Right, oh my god, on. you should contact them and be like, hey, would you mind if we... <laughs> Doing the theme. <laughs> oh my god, you should have them write the, do like a metal version of the S, of uh, the Law and Order Fuck theme. Fuck yes. Oh god. I'm gonna <laughs> and then we'll... Up. Holy shit. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> I don't even know where, where are Todd. we in the episode. <laughs> Junior says that um, that Sylvia has had really changed in the last couple years, that she was increasingly distant and increasingly attached to her cell phone. I just thought it was hilarious because Stabler is like, oh, it's like, oh, she changed a lot. And, and Stabler is basically like, uh, yeah, that's uh, marriage. Like, no no fucking shit. You're not going to remain the, the same club, people. Shit. Yeah, it sounds like, oh, I wonder how, how Stabler's doing at the Stabler household because we haven't been there in a good long while. So something tells me that is just falling apart. Just falling apart, yeah. Just absolutely falling apart. Um yeah, but then he was like, well, she's basically, it sounds like she was just like so enthralled with work and or right. this affair. Right. And or the affair. And and so, Benson and Stabler, essentially everyone gets suspicious of this family. Um, and they refer to uh, Junior's mother, Su- I believe her name is Susan Hadley. That sounds right. They refer to her as the glue, oh, sorry, Sharon. They they refer to the, the yeah it was an S name you were close Junior's enough. mother Sharon Hadley as the glue that holds the family together and so they are they they want to interview her aside from everyone else to see if she can provide any sort of information that the the Bens did not um, and to quote Cragen see exactly how strong this glue is yeah so. It's it's it kind of seems like everyone else. Well, I mean, maybe not everyone in the family, um, but maybe the mom sort of. It's like it's like everyone in the episode except for Harvey Milktoast himself has an idea that his wife was probably cheating on him, and he just yeah, did not. And he's just like completely. It's, just a, it's a question of who's who she's been sleeping with, but not. But everyone knows. It's not an if, it's a who yeah, and, situation. Yeah, and we, we essentially almost had confirmation that it was that fucking goober uh, Brad Weber, but it turns out it wasn't. But the funniest thing about that scene, um, when we found that out, was the fact that Benson and Sabler are talking to Junior and Senior. They're both in the room, and, and that's whenever um, Senior starts throwing Weber under the bus, being like, right. well, he's oh, drunk he all the time and hits on all the yeah. women. And, like... He basically is like flat out says like yeah I kind of thought they were fucking each they were they were both fucking and the juniors <laughs> and juniors just like wait wait dude what and he just like so senior just goes like so patronizingly over like pats him on the shoulder it's like it's okay don't don't worry about it we all knew or like something like that where it's like it's like how dumb is junior and how much of a dick is senior where he's like no 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 it's okay like. We we all knew this was happening. Yeah, he was like, except for you. He like the definition of a cuckold. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we're going to we're we're talking to uh, Sharon Hadley, the, the mom. Yeah, Sharon, the mom Sharon's, slash wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so Benson's or yeah, Benson's it's talking ju- it's to just her. Just Benson and and Sharon. It's just Benson. Is, you know, so smart. it's like a women 
woman to woman thing, maybe just get a more gal gab. It's a gal gab, exactly. And um, so Benson drops on uh, Sharon that the victim was two months pregnant. Uh huh. And well, first, first, uh, Sharon says something really strange, which um, Benson asks whether she was being faithful. faithful. And Sharon says she was faithful to the family. And I'm like, which oh, was oh fudge. Yeah, that's never a good thing. And even Benson questions that. She's like, "What do you What do you mean by that one there?" Uh, and she doesn't she doesn't answer. Um, and then she says, "Oh, you know that she was uh, two months pregnant. Why would your son not have said anything to you about that?" <laughs> and she's like, "Oh my God, I can't believe this." And she's like, "Believe what?" And she's like, "Oh, what about your son?" And she's like, "No, not my son." My husband. Dun, dun, like, oh. dun. So we come back. Because that, that's commercial right there, I believe. Yes. So she, so so we she come just back. rolls on Hadley Sr. Yeah, so cat's out of the bag now. We, we come back, I believe, and Briscoe, little Briscoe, oh, who has been watching all of these non-time-stamped uh, security cameras, or the footage from all of them, Comes back and it's like, oh, hey, Briscoe's got something, and like I had forgotten about him. Well, so of course so, my blood so pressure. Right bef- before Briscoe comes back, um, Cragen says a weird thing where he's like, "Keep Hadley from, keep Mrs. Hadley from leaving the the state. Arrest her if you have to." Yeah, for obstruction, because they're like, I don't, I don't want her to go back and start talking to the to junior and senior and give them the heads up, and then we're all fucked, basically. And then it's like, hey, Briscoe's got something on the on the cameras. And he makes some sort of a comment where they're like, oh, how's it been watching those videos? Because he's presumably been watching them for like a week at yeah. this point. <laughs> he's just been locked in a room. <laughs> like uh, Clockwork Orange style. Yeah, basically just put the eyes taped open, like really, really uncomfortably. Um, he's like, oh, you'd be amazed at like all the, the stuff that people do whenever they think that they're not watching. And I was just like, all right, Shut all right, Briscoe. Up, calm, Briscoe. Calm the f- Calm the fuck down here. Um, so he was like, well, there was no timestamp on any of this. Okay, reestablishing that. We already know that. Um, he's like, so what I had to do was basically look at all of the, um, the, the schedule for the hotel and find out what events there were and then match it to the, the security camera footage. So he's like, there was like a Girl Scout convention on Tuesday from 4 to 6. So i saw there was a bunch of girl scouts there between four and six so that's how i knew that there was this time and you know decent police yeah detective smart ish police work yeah so um he's like oh and there was this uh a wedding that was gonna be there and check-in was between whatever time and whatever time and all of the gifts bags were like these huge things of like maker's mark and i was like interesting and then we see a picture of one of them and it's like a like you have to carry it with two hands like <laughs> gift basket like an eight by ten with, yeah like filled with fucking like bottles of maker's mark and drinking paraphernalia i'm like i want to go to that wedding wherever <laughs> that is because that looks insane and they're like oh well, there was this dude in the elevator in that time so it's it's any he, he explains like oh well, it's on this day at this time it was a time and it it the person that they see in there is junior and at a time that Junior said that he was still in Baltimore. At like a fucking meeting. At a meeting or whatever the fuck. So we immediately know Junior 
is lying. Junior was in New York City in the hotel in around the, the time the of the murder. Elevator, yeah. Yeah, in the elevator uh, around the time of the murder. So they're like, all right, let's bring everyone in. Let's bring everyone in. Let's do it. Let's get everyone in a fucking room. And, We're going to break them. And em. the really interesting thing is, yeah, Cragen wants Junior and Senior in a room together. To, he's like, well, you put two polecats in a bag and one of them, I don't know, something polecat. It's it, it's a thumb. It's a Thunderdome yeah. situation. Essentially, he's like, "Ah, right, we're gonna two go in, one goes out." Yep. Essentially, except for in Thunderdome, three went in. No, but it's normally two. I understand that, but but there was Master and Blaster. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And Max. Anyway. Um, Right, but I'm saying whenever Thunderdome was used before Max. Well, I'm uh, presumably it was Master and Blaster versus someone else. I guess it was just Blaster because uh, Master was up. Uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we're, we're, we're getting sidetracked here. We're recording this on Oscar Sunday, so hopefully uh, I can make this prediction that Mad Max has won Best Picture, which clearly that's not going to be the case. I think it's going to be the, Re- the is, Revenant. Yeah, I, th- I mean, no, I think it's going to be Spotlight. Really? It's either going to be Spotlight or Big Short. Okay, I think there's I think there's going to be a rebellion against Revenant. I think I honestly think it's going to be one of those things where where everyone's like ugh enough. I, it basically, yeah, I I think so. I think it's either going to it's one of two things that's going to happen. It's either um, what's his, the fucking director of the Revenant Inuritu Inuritu is going to get uh, best director, and then Spotlight with Big Short is going to get best picture, or or. Mad Max is going to get, or whoever is going to get best director, that doesn't matter. George and Miller. then Mad Max, yeah, then uh, Mad Max is going to get uh, best picture as like a, no, excuse me, no, no, I take that back, not Mad Max, Martian. Since Ridley Scott wasn't nominated for best director, I, I could see Martian getting best picture. It's kind of like an Argo situation. Yeah. Where it's like, so this you is, didn't get director, but you directed the best film of the year. So really. This is my prediction. I think it's going to be George Miller as best director and The Revenant as best picture because people are dumb but i don't know i guess i'm i'm pulling for maybe like an upset like you know how like crash won the year that it won best picture mm-hmm. and that kind of came out of nowhere i'm hoping like something like big short or i hope that i anything other than revenant I, really at this I point hope, anything other than revenant i hope it's the I martian hope big, i hope it's the martian or spotlight i like, I like the martian uh i i really martian like the big short and i hope it kind of wins just to get more people to see it because it is like infuriating that movie anyway 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, let's let's get back to it. Let's let's okay. So yeah, we got so, these. Um, we got so these two talking about cats so, in a bag. So two pole cats in a bag. And by the way, I just want to say that uh, Mini Briscoe, on top of all the other reasons we don't like him, he's apparently a voyeur, too. Um, oh, God. You know he yeah. was jerking off at that stuff, too. You know he was, because he was just locked in a room watching those fucking videos <laughs> for, like, days, apparently. Uh, so uh, and, this was yeah. interesting, because we have Kragen in the interrogation room, too, which I yeah. liked. And he's, he, and he's, I thought that was really cool. He's holding Junior's hand this whole time and is saying, like, so we have he's given him just enough rope to hang yeah, himself so like we have you in the elevator and we have uh some some stuff under your fingernails and then they say like oh and then we've got like the, the results of the the like the paternity test well, for so, the baby yeah yeah and then and so he keeps denying it and then the, and then he brings out jeffrey's and jeffrey says oh the paternity test and he's like paternity test and at this point he's i'm like, like you're the fucking dumbest human being like how the fuck do you not get what's going on right now? Yeah, and then she's like, and that's for your father. And, and every time she puts something down in front of him, the guy just like immediately like slides, slides it over, over to, to his, his lawyer. lawyer. I love it. It's so good. He's like, I don't want to read that. You read that. Get that nonsense out of my face. Um, it was so good. And so so Junior looks and is like, it was you. It was you. And he like screams it. And then he admits to what happened which is that he he went to his ho- his wife's hotel room he knocked on the door he, it took he her he said, like five he, minutes to answer he thought that she was having an affair right and he went to her room and it took her a while to answer and she said that she was asleep he she like insulted him by saying yeah that, said something yeah, that, that yeah it was the and, only original idea he's ever had yeah and i forget what the comment was like he he had said something about like oh you haven't you're you're sleeping with someone else and she's like oh it's that you're being paranoid and then something that's she the said only original then, idea you've ever had is what she said yeah that, like so, set him off so he just like fucking snaps at that yeah and i i don't know if this is the first time that we have this tr- this soon-to-be trope but uh the i just wanted to shake some sense into her trope yes oh my god i wrote that down i was like i just wanted to shake some sense into her what i'd I, I be like <laughs> have you ever gone up to anyone ever just regardless of who they are to you and just like tried to shake them so they would come back to their I just senses wanted to like shake a, some sense into, i just wanted her to shut up like what the fuck does what no just yeah no, why that would never happen and so he completely confesses they lead him out and then they bring in sharon who like she gets to like sink the knife into seniors chest essentially and is like yeah i know about this paternity test i know about everything you're a piece of shit 
fuck you. And he's like denying it to his last breath. He's like, and it was the funny thing because he was like, oh, like whenever she comes in, he's like, oh, can you believe how tragic? Like as if she wasn't standing right, outside right. the room hearing the entire thing that just was unfolded in front of her. Like, like that, that's that takes a set of stones on that dude to be like, maybe she didn't hear everything. <laughs> maybe she only I heard part of this. that. Yeah, I got a way out. I swear to God, I could do this. No, I can't do this. No. <laughs> I'm so fucked. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and and like, that is, and that plunges us to our dick wolf. Yeah, but here's the thing that I don't get. So it's like, wait a second. Junior is denying, denying, denying everything. And then the thing that sets him over the edge to confess to the murder, which again is doesn't make sense Finding out to that me. his father... Finding out right. that his dad was fucking his wife. And that's like, oh my God, you know that's going to motivate me to do? To tell these people why I killed my wife. No, that would just make me want to kill my dad. Uh, yeah, like, I think that at, it was also like he realized that he had been caught. Maybe, I guess. But I was just like, wait, no, why are you confessing, dude? Like, you... No. <laughs> they <laughs> both have lawyers and lawyers are like, F- I don't... Whatever, dude. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it. I don't know. All I'm doing is, is is reading shit that's being slid across <laughs> to the table to me. I don't. I got nothing else to do here. Yep. And so, so I totally yeah. understand why they put this disclaimer up of like, please don't sue us, any religious organizations. Oh yeah, they're like, well, I mean, it's for entertainment's sake, guys. Like, come on, come on. You know, it's we weren't serious about any of it. Um, but I really want to know what this was. This what this was ripped up from the headlines of. Oh shit. Okay. So so. Two two bits of trivia. So so let's get into trivia corner. Oh, we're back to back to trivia corner. Back to trivia corner. It's been a while. So Bo Foxworth, who plays Junior, is the son of Robert Foxworth, who plays Senior. So they're actually father and son, which is pretty cool. Oh, nice. And okay. uh, this is loosely based on the 1999 Hillsdale College scandal in the episode "The College Is Midville." Fuck you. Uh, note that the leading credits are slightly different, admitting. The loosely based premise of the story, the highly conservative president of Hillsdale College, which is the real college, George Roche III, was found to have had an affair with his real daughter-in-law. In the episode, the daughter-in-law is killed, whereas in real life, her death was found to be a suicide. Oh, fuck. Both oh. stories involve a president of a conservative college in a small town having an affair with a daughter-in-law. Okay. I uh, don't know that one, but Sure. Um, I could see how they took that spin on it. It was like, well, let's make it into a, a Law and Order episode. I kind of wish that uh, she. Had just, I kind of wish that it had been more close to the real thing because that's super fucked up. If she committed suicide, yeah, yeah that would have been fucked up. That would have real fucked up, actually. Yeah. So that's our. Oh, that's all right. Well, there you episode. go. That was that was a nice way to to round that episode. Season out there, one, indeed. episode seventeen. And we're getting toward the uh, we're getting toward the end of season one here. Yeah. Maybe. So so as season one wraps up, we'll probably double back and do that crossover episode from original recipe, and then we'll yes. hop right into season two. Yeah, we'll have like a, a, a one week break from SVU and do a regular regular uh, or rather original recipe Law and Order. So that'll be fun. Um, we're not quite there, but we're we're yeah, coming up I, on it. I see up on it. Uh, so yeah, next week. Uh, hold on, I should have fucking done this better. So join us next week, listeners, where <laughs> so we are going to be... All right, I'm ready? so Three, dumb. Two, yep. So, yeah. So, so uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of uh, Law & Order Special Viewing Unit. Um, we are going to be reviewing Season 1, Episode 18 next week, uh, entitled... What's the title of it? Chat Room. 
chat room. Hmm. I wonder if this is going to have anything to do with uh, like America Online. Yeah. Teenagers in- report of being raped, so, raped from someone she met in a chat room leads the detectives into the middle of a child porn ring. Ooh. Ooh. So this is going to be Can't wait real to interesting. Feel uncomfortable next week. Well, no, this one's going to be interesting because I feel like this is going to be like the subject matter will hold up, but like the technology stuff is going to be just so <laughs> awful. Like I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so as always, listeners, uh, go ahead and give us a rate and review on iTunes. You can tweet at us. Our, our Twitter handle is at SVU Podcast. Or if you have uh, something you want to say that's going to be a little bit longer, then we'll fit on a Twitter, uh, uh, on a tweet rather. You can go ahead and email us at specialviewingunit at gmail.com. For Law & Order Special Viewing Unit, I'm Aviv Rubenstein. And I'm Matt Reuter. We'll see you next week. Gung Gung. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.